You're listening to Episode 7, Owls. Welcome to the Nature of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Lori Kaler. Here we will take 15 minutes to step back, delight in nature, and discover God. My goal is to give you hope in your daily walk and increase your awareness and enchantment in the beautiful world God created for us to take part in. If you sometimes feel disenchanted with life or disconnected from God, this is the place for you. If you pull over for sunsets and sometimes you feel like your church is outside, this is for you. Come with me and let's explore the animals, the quiet forests, deep under the seas, and high on the mountaintops, all that God has made for us to delight in. It's time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. Owls are so cool, and they're so mysterious, probably because when we're asleep, they're out roaming about. And so we don't see them much, we don't know about them much. But today we're going to learn about why I think owls are so cool, the one thing they do that we should do and we should mimic, and how I accidentally stumbled across this trick that they do. I'm going to be reading a little bit from my new book, This Outside Life, Finding God in the Heart of Nature. I have a chapter in there about owls and how, well, it all started with social media and a few tears and learning to do what owls do, which really helps a lot. Quick, turn the lights out, I said as I skulked around from window to window, cautiously peering out around the blinds of each one. But why, Mommy? asked my son, Jack. All he got was a frantic hand-waving and a curt shh. I couldn't ignore the hooting. It was so penetrating and close, almost as if we had a pet owl inside the house, and I wanted to find out where this great horned owl was. Finally, I spotted him, perched on top of the roof that covered part of our driveway, right near my son's bedroom window. Dang, he was big. I was used to the size of songbirds and red-tailed hawks, but this guy at two feet tall seemed formidable and ginormous. He stopped hooting. I pulled back from the blinds. I ran to another bedroom where I wouldn't startle him and carefully raised the window and pressed my face against the screen. I began hooting back into the soft darkness. He answered, I again called out in what I believed was an imitation that would have impressed my professional ornithologist. Jack stood behind me, bewildered at his bizarre mother hooting out the window. What's going on? boomed a loud voice, shattering the moment. I jerked up, smacking my head on the window. Ouch! My husband was standing in the doorway. Light was spilling in from behind him, and I could see he was frowning in concern at his wife, who was obviously losing her mind, hooting out the window. 
Our owl came by nearly every night, hooting mournfully and soulfully while I read storybooks to our son. I thought he was the coolest thing, so majestic, mysterious, and wild. I asked our neighbors if they had seen him. Mike, a furnace installer and repairman, nodded and started chuckling at the memory as he pushed back his hair with a beefy, tattooed hand. I went out there one night and I stood in the driveway. He was on that little roof over our driveway, and I was about 15 feet away. I've never been that close to an owl before. I stared back at him and raised my arms like a bird to see if I would frighten him. That huge, big-ass bird did the exact same thing, and he started coming toward me. What did you do? I asked. I didn't think anything could much intimidate Mike. He laughed. I squealed like a girl and ran inside. Owls are really cool. They daily regurgitate the useless bits that they have digested. I discovered this because when I walked outside after the the evenings where he was hooting outside our window, I would find these little pellets on our driveway, and I couldn't figure out what it was. At first, I thought it was somebody's dog leaving, you know, digested bits on our driveway. Then I thought, because they were all dried out, that they were like cigar ashes from somebody. And finally, I realized, oh, they're owl pellets. Owl pellets are really cool because it's all the undigested matter that he, the owl, can't use. So, like, you know, little bits of bone and feather and and claws and teeth from all the critters, the moles, the mice, snakes, whatever they're eating, all the useless bits get um, regurgitated and he barfs them out. (laughs) And I just think that's so cool. And it's a fun thing to do with your kids sometimes is to get one of those put it in a bowl of water, let it disintegrate, and try to figure out what has the owl eaten. I think that's fascinating, but my son and my husband thought it was totally gross. And you can read about that in my book, This Outside Life. Um, But I, I just love the idea that these owls regurgitate what they don't need. And I think this is something that we need to do as well. It's so easy to keep scrolling through social media and see how everyone else is doing, eating, shopping, and living in their picture-perfect lives. And this, i found, can sometimes be kind of soul-crushing. And worst of all, it takes our focus off of what wonderful things God is doing in our lives. When I fixate on what others have, my own blessings seem not so great, and I begin to despise what God has said is good for me. I once saw on this one woman's feed her new home. It was a cute bungalow, a Cape Cod type of home. And P.S., this is what my fantasy is all about. With a wide front porch, crown molding in every room, deep baseboards, hardwood floors, and just charming, charming, charming throughout the whole place. But best of all, what made my heart go pitter-patter was her office, or design studio. It was a separate place, above their detached garage with a pitched roof and skylights. So not only was it a great getaway spot where she wouldn't be disturbed, it was cozy with those slanted walls up under the eaves. And it had lovely natural light due to the skylights. She posted about all her design choices and how she was going to use the space. I wanted to move in there and live her life. I wanted to burn down what I had and live in what she had. Seeing this picture-perfect studio, 
her perfect, adorable home, and her seemingly perfect life, well, I did what any well-adjusted, God-fearing woman would do. I burst into tears. (laughs) Yes, you heard that right. I was so consumed with want, desire, jealousy, envy, and sorrow over not having that dream for myself. I started crying. Why not me? I wailed inwardly. And then the hissing lies started. You know, God is holding out on you. Clearly, he loves her more than you. What have you done that has so offended him that he's not giving that to you? Look, isn't this just the perfect office? Wouldn't you just flourish in her space? Aren't you angry that you don't have that? You'd use it to bless others and bring glory to God, wouldn't you? See, God isn't fair. In fact, he's kind of a jerk, don't you think? Wow. That's a whole lot of venom from the enemy of our souls, right? And if we're not careful, we can encourage him to hiss these lies into our ears. We will start nodding, agreeing, and turning our eyes away from what God wants us to see. We will start obsessing about how our lives should be instead of enjoying the blessings we have. No matter how great stuff looks in social media, You don't have the whole story. I knew this woman who had this stud muffin of a husband. He was gorgeous, fit, and seemed to really be involved in raising their three sons, who were incredibly handsome as well. Well, she hasn't made, was my assumption. A few years later, I discover she's getting remarried. What happened? Well, it seems her picture-perfect husband was an alcoholic and couldn't stop having affairs with other women. Now, that's something I couldn't have seen coming. We don't know the full story behind the glittering images that we see on social media. But that's not even the main point. The bigger issue is believing that God is not doing right by us. Believing the lie that if we only had what so-and-so is enjoying, then we would be living the perfect life and that would truly make us happy. I love this verse in Psalm 73, and I turn back to it so often. It describes our actual state before God when we think this way. I'm going to read it first in the NIV and then in the message, because I just think it gives a really big picture of the state our souls are in when we believe these lies. Here's the message. Psalm 73, verses 21 through 24. When I was beleaguered and bitter, totally consumed by envy, I was totally ignorant, a dumb ox in your very presence. I'm still in your presence, but you have taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly lead me, and then you bless me. So this verse is saying, when we think this way, we're ignorant and we're like a dumb ox. In the NIV, it says, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. So how can we avoid ending up here, crying over our phones because of someone else's curated life that appears to be everything we have ever wanted? Be like the owl, regurgitate it, refuse to swallow the lie that her life is perfect. Reject the notion that God isn't doing right by you. 
And maybe you need to go a little further. Maybe you could put that person's account on pause or delete it for a while so you don't have to battle those feelings, so you won't get so easily tripped up. We need to protect our souls and gulp down God's truth for us. Because no matter how glittery and fabulous other lives appear, they are not necessarily real, nor are they what you should be comparing to. If we want peace in our souls, we have to pay attention to what we're consuming and regurgitate the useless comparison bits. And I want to leave you with reading another version of the end of Psalm 73. This is the NLT version. I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet, I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My heart may fail and my spirit grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I pray that this would really bless you today as you scroll through social media or think about the life that you should be living as opposed to the life you have. And just regurgitate those thoughts. Don't swallow them. And you will find rest for your souls. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can learn more about me at my website, lauriekaler.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E. Kaler is K-E-H-L-E-R. And there you can see the other podcast episodes, links to my other podcast, This Outside Life, and find a whole lot of nature-related resources like book lists and printouts and freebies. In fact, I have a guide to help you sense God's presence, even in your own backyard. It's a beautiful 38-page guide called A Sense of God's Presence, a five-day guide to discovering Him through all your five senses. In this guide, you'll discover God through your sense of touch, sound, sight, smell, and taste, just by stepping outside. It's free for you at lauriekaler.com, down near the bottom of the page. Thanks so much for taking the time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. See you next time.